3: The number of tests yesterday, on the last day of April, was 122,347.
2: We look into claims purported by Donald Trump that the virus originated in a Chinese lab.
3: The
0: idea that this pathogen was deliberately created in some kind of biochemical warfare lab Um, has been ruled out, including by US intelligence.
2: And why the golden age of cheap travel could well be over. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. The government has reached its target of distributing 100,000 tests a day on the final day of April. Over 122,000 tests were administered on Thursday to just over 73,000 people. It comes as the UK confirmed another 739 deaths on Friday. But Health Secretary Matt Hancock said increased levels of testing would help lower the R value, the measure of how infectious the virus is.
3: Our full-scale test track and trace model will drive the infection rate down and the lower the R and the lower number of new infections, the more effective the track and trace system will be. Tracking and tracing will allow us to get R down and hold R down and so it will allow us to lift lockdown measures.
2: No quicker than a figures released by the government is it, quite rightly, scrutinised. And The Telegraph's Associate Editor Camilla Tominy says the reaction to today's announcement
1: was no different. Well, Health Secretary Matt Hancock was obviously delighted to announce at the Downing Street press conference that the government has met his ambitious target of 100,000 tests by the end of April, revealing that in fact 122,000 tests had been carried out. Although that figure was later questioned by those who pointed out that it wasn't just um, tests that had been carried out, but tests that had been sent by courier to people suffering symptoms of COVID-19. Suggestions perhaps that the figures had been skewed somewhat. Um, Testing czar John Newton came back at that claim. I think the health service journal had reported that the government had changed the way it had been carrying out and counting testing in order to inflate the figures. He said there had been no change to the way that tests had been carried out and that it was a mixture of uh, health service workers carrying out tests in car parks, laboratories processing tests and home testing kits and that That had always been the case. But what the episode does prove, and there was a great deal of nervousness um, in Number 10 in the run-up to this announcement, um, the emphasis will now switch to not just the testing being ramped up, but also the tracking and trace system that's been so successful in countries like South Korea. We understand that's going to be piloted in the Isle of Wight next week, Um, so there'll be more on that from Matt Hancock. But for now, he goes into the weekend triumphant. He's managed to make the target, even though some might still be questioning the figures. (laughs)
2: As the UK government prepares to set out its plan to start lifting the lockdown next week, it is, of course, tracking the effect of other countries' decisions to ease their lockdown measures, and much has been made of Germany's alleged second spike. Dominic Raab was among those who this week used Germany as an example of how a second wave can follow if you lift the lockdown too soon. Justin Hugler is The Telegraph's Berlin correspondent. He says claims of a second spike in Germany are premature.
4: There's been plenty of talk of a second wave since Germany lifted its lockdown, but the truth is there's no evidence to back that up. Most of the claims have centred on the reproduction number, the famous R number, which briefly rose on Monday. But it's since dropped back to its lowest level in more than a week, and German scientists say it's simply too early for the effects of lifting the lockdown to register in the R number. It takes time for new infections to show up, Most people don't get tested until they show symptoms, and that can take several days. Then you need to add in time for testing and for the results to be reported to the authorities. German scientists reckon it takes 10 to 14 days before new infections show up in the R number, and Monday's rise was only a week after the lockdown began to be lifted. The truth is that we won't have an accurate picture of the effects of raising the German lockdown until next week. In the meantime, Angela Merkel and regional leaders seem determined to press on. Far from losing their nerve, they announced this week that playgrounds can reopen for the first time.
2: Donald Trump has claimed to have seen evidence the coronavirus originated at a Chinese research laboratory. Earlier, the US National Intelligence Director's Office said it was still investigating how the virus began, but concluded that it wasn't man-made. But when the president was questioned by reporters about the origin of the virus, he contradicted intelligence officials.
0: Have you seen anything at this point that gives you a high degree of confidence that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was the origin of this virus? Yes, I
1: have. Yes, I have. And what gives
0: you a high degree of confidence that this originated from the Wuhan Institute of Virology? I can't tell you that.
2: I'm not allowed to tell you that conspiracies have run wild about how the virus began, but experts say it's most likely it originated from bats. China's rejected claims it generated the virus in a lab, but how did the theory come about in the first place? The Telegraph's Roland Oliphant has the story.
0: So like a lot of conspiracy theories, it's basically in that of people looking at connections, kind of obvious connections. So the coronavirus epidemic began, as we all know, in Wuhan, this huge city of 11 million people on the Yangtze River in central China. Wuhan is also home to uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is China's, or Asia's, in fact, leading laboratory for the study of virulent pathogens, um, including coronaviruses. In fact, one of the scientists who works there is the world's leading expert on how coronaviruses jump from bats to humans. Um, and she is the scientist who uh, established the connection um, between bats and actually established what COVID-19 was back in January. So the conspiracy theorists are saying, aha, um, laboratory, epidemic, obviously at like, there's absolutely no evidence to believe that. It is possible. Accidents do happen, but the uh, the procedures in place at these laboratories are incredibly stringent. It's the kind of thing you'd see in, do in, you remember, like Contagion or that old film Outbreak from the 90s? And, you know, people in space suits and, and decontamination showers and all of this kind of thing. So, could it have escaped from the laboratory? It's possible. It's unlikely, but it's possible. The other question is, was it created in a laboratory? And the consensus is, no, absolutely not. Um, The idea that this pathogen was deliberately created in some kind of biochemical warfare lab um, has been ruled out, including by US intelligence.
2: Ryanair is set to axe 3,000 jobs with international travel brought to a halt. The government's pledge to support the company after Europe's largest carrier airline announced it expects to report a net loss of 100 million euros in the three months to the end of June. The company said it doesn't expect passenger demand to recover for at least two years. But The Telegraph's deputy head of travel, Nick Trend, says that even once demand's back, the golden age of cheap airfares might well be over.
3: The last time I flew was in February, back from Pisa with Ryanair. The fare was just £90 return, and not for a moment did I think it would mark the close of an era. But just a few weeks later, I think that's exactly what it is. An abrupt end to 25 years of extraordinarily cheap air travel. It's been a glorious time for travellers. 30 years ago, that same fare would have been £159, about £360 at today's prices four times more than I paid in February. So why did flying become so much cheaper? In 1993, the EU deregulated the European airline industry, allowing new, far more efficient airlines like EasyJet and Ryanair to heavily undercut their cumbersome old-fashioned rivals. Fares dropped, more and more people flew, and low-cost airlines expanded rapidly. But margins were incredibly tight. Ryanair makes a profit of just £6 per passenger and that's based on filling 96% of its seats. A significant drop in the number of passengers on each flight means it would have to charge more, and that is surely what we will now see. And all airlines will have to repair the huge financial damage they have suffered. Some will go out of business. The survivors will raise their fares. The industry estimates a 50% increase overall. There's a little light on the horizon, however. Air travel is likely to remain better value than it was before the low-cost boom, and some things will become cheaper, hotel rooms for example. So while we may have to pay more for our flights, our nights should cost us less
2: changing our behaviour has been the biggest way the UK has so far tackled the coronavirus but that in turn has seen behaviour change I don't suppose many of us are usually in the habit of stockpiling loo roll I leave you today with a recommendation for the weekend in the latest instalment of the Telegraph's short documentary series on the pandemic my very talented colleagues on the video team explore what coronavirus tells us about human behaviour from conspiracy theories and scapegoats to panic buying it's just 20 minutes long and it's a fascinating watch for anyone interested in why we panic, what drives us to help one another and how governments can use psychology to help end the crisis. I'll put the link to that in the show notes for this episode. That's all from me until Monday evening. If you've been finding this podcast helpful this week, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave it a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer on next week's shows, email me. It's coronaviruspodcast at telegraph.co.uk. Don't forget that you can read all of our news, analysis and advice completely free for seven days. Just go to telegraph.co.uk slash audio. And as a very small token of our gratitude, NHS workers can get six. months free. Details of how to claim that offer also in the show notes. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis.
1: Selling a little or a lot?